Hey, we want to welcome you to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. We are a 501c3 nonprofit prayer ministry. We serve 31 different countries and provinces around the world. And so wherever you're listening to the sound of my voice, I want to welcome you today as we get into the Word of God. As we pray our prayers of interceding on behalf of all those around that are listening to this broadcast. You know, there is there is a battle that has been going on since the very beginning of time. And it is a battle for the very souls of the world. It's called the law of first mention. And that simply means that, that the very first time any important word is mentioned in the Bible, scripture gives that word its most complete, most accurate meaning to not only serve as a key in understanding the word's biblical concept, but to also provide a foundation for its fuller development in later parts of the Bible. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. But I'm I'm just feeling the, the need today to pray and to pray for the revival the revival of the souls of all mankind. You know, Father, in the name of Jesus, you have you've revived each and every one of us again that your people may rejoice in you. And Lord, I, I, I think that we should all just thank you for showing us your mercy and your love kindness loving kindness that we should repent each and time that we come before you and Lord thanking you and, and, and for granting us your salvation I believe you have created in each and every one of our listeners out there a clean heart God and you've renewed a right preserving and and steadfast spirit within each of us. You've restored unto us the joy of your salvation. And you are upholding us with a willing spirit. Now we will teach transgressors, those who are battling for their souls, We will teach your ways, teach sinners, and they shall be converted, and they shall return unto you. Today, on this Sabbath day, we therefore cleanse our ways by by taking heed and, and keeping watch on ourselves and on others according to your word, promises are ours, and we cleanse ourselves from from everything that contaminates and defiles our bodies, our spirits, and bring our conversation 
our consecration, our completeness in that revengeful fear of you, Heavenly Father. With our whole hearts have we sought unto you, inquiring for you and of you, and yearning for you, Lord God. I pray, O oh, let us not wander or step aside, either in ignorance or in willfully from your commandments. Your word have we laid up in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Yes, Lord, this world is in a battle for its soul. We thank Jesus for cleansing us through your word, through your teachings, which you have given us. And we delight ourselves in your statutes. We will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servants that we may live and we may and we will observe your word hearing receiving loving and obeying it father in the name of jesus let us all be doers of the word and not merely listeners of the word we pray these things today in jesus mighty name Amen and Amen. Well, I want to talk to you about this battle for the souls of this world. And then I want to connect it with what I believe would be the end times. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now subtle means shrewd or crafty or clever, sly, devious, deceitful, or dishonest. The first time we see the devil at work, we see him using deceit. And he tells Eve, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So the, so the devil causes Eve to question what God said. Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So he causes Eve to question what God has said to her. How many times in your life has that devil caused you to question God in your life? To my knowledge of the scripture, this is actually the first question we ever find in the Bible. Up to this point, it's just Adam and Eve and God. Nobody is questioning anything anyone is saying. Hachet. God's word is good enough for both Adam and Eve up to this point. So, so God said it. I believe it. 
And that settles it. End of conversation. <laughs> Amen. But you got to remember that, that Satan is very subtle. He is cunning. He is crafty. He is devious. And devious people think of ways to trip you up that no one else would ever think of. Devious people's minds go where no one else goes. I've seen some things that a, a devious person does, and, and I wonder, who would ever have thought of that? In today's world, we live in Christians are now stretching God's word, warping it to their way of thinking. Stealing is just another word of borrowing. Lying is just another word for simply stretching the truth a little bit. But let me tell you something this morning. That little white lie you tell will still send you to a flaming hot pit of hell. The Bible says the devil has come to rob, steal, and destroy. If you're walking with the devil, you're not walking with God. Satan, we understand, is devious. So he introduces something they never thought of yet. Questioning what God hath said. Questioning what God said was the first trick the devil pulled on humanity. And guess what? It worked. It has, has, it, has it worked on you? Have you questioned God? Not only did it work on Eve, but also then she went and took that same craftiness, that same deceit that Satan used on her, and she used it on Adam. And guess what happened? It worked. It worked on Adam too. This one trick of the devil, this one little white lie, this one questioning of God's word, this one little shred of doubt caused both Adam and Eve and with them the entire human race to fall from their state of spiritual perfection and their personal relationship with God. That one little white lie. And guess what? That's all Satan wanted to do. Because of that separation from God, they experienced incredible, incredible hardships. There was a curse that was placed upon the earth because of their sin. And this caused the pain of childbirth. Thorn and thistles would be the return of Adam's works in the field. Pain and suffering came as a result of these two people's sin. Hardship and want was humanity's consequence for questioning what God had said so plainly. Guess what? Satan could care less about the pain and the suffering that he had created. All he was really after was to cause Adam and Eve to be separated from their relationship with God. Has the devil caused you to be separated from your relationship with God? Has he caused you to lose that personal relationship with Jesus Christ? The devil just wanted to destroy their spiritual perfection. 
I question this morning, have you lost that spiritual connection to your heavenly father? Understand something here. They were spiritually perfect. Say it with me. Spiritually perfect. And spiritually connected with God. Because they had a communion or a relationship with God. You see, that's all Jesus wants of you. Is to come and have a personal relationship with him. Satan caused Adam and Eve their relationship with God to be ruined. And as a result, pain, suffering, and spiritual disorder came into the world. God, on the other hand, has been working ever since that day to cause humanity to come back into a personal relationship with him. And this was the reason for Calvary. This was the reason and the purpose of the cross. This is why Jesus died and shed blood for our sins. So we could come back into a relationship with him that he intended for us to have in the first place. But Satan, that old devil, on the other hand, has been working also. And he has been working to cause people to not accept that invitation that Jesus offers to each and every one of us to be saved. This battle between God and the devil has been going on since the very beginning of man's history on this planet. And it isn't over yet. It's a battle for the soul of all mankind. God uses love and patience and grace and mercy to reach you. And Satan uses the same thing that he used in the beginning. Being subtle. Shrewd. Crafty. Clever. Sly. Devious. Deceitful. And dishonest. You see, God's word tells us that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. John 3.16. Every child in the church learns that John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, say it with me, whosoever, that's you and I. That's you and you and you. Around the world. Would not perish but would have everlasting life. But the number one thing that the devil tells people. Is that God does not love them. That's a lie. Born out of the pits of hell. He says God. Doesn't love you. How could God love you? Look at yourself. You have problems. You have sin. You're so messed up. Just look at yourself. How could God love someone like you? How could he ever forgive all that you have done? How many of you out there listening to me right now have said those very words to yourself? That's the devil putting those on your tongue. You need to know something today. You need to know that you know that God loves you. You may say to me, I don't understand it. 
I can't tell you. I can't show you. But I can tell you this, God loves you. You're his, you're his creation. Jesus' death on the cross was for you as well as it was for anybody else. God loved you. Say it with me. God loved you so much that he's willing to give his only begotten son. But as much as God's word says this, and as much as I have said to it to you today, Satan is already telling some people on this broadcast right now that God does not love them. But I want you to know what the Bible says, that the devil, listen to me, the devil is the father of all lies. Say it with me. The devil is the father of all lies. He's a liar. You know, I wonder, I wonder what would have happened I wonder how much things could have be so much different for all of us today if Eve would have been a praying woman. <laughs> if Eve would have been filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I wonder how much this world that we live in would have been so incredibly, incredibly blessed with God's presence if Eve had told that old snake just to shut up. If Eve would have rebuked that serpent and said, Devil, get the hints, I rebuke you. She didn't have to listen to it, you know. She could have simply just said, Shut up, devil. <laughs> she could have said, I know what God has said, and that's good enough for me. She could have easily said to him, I rebuke you. Do you know what James chapter 4 verse 7 says? I mean, I'm hoping you're looking it up right now. In James chapter 4 verse 7, it says that when the devil starts talking to you, James 4 7 says, Submit yourself therefore unto God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Just resist him. I mean, I, I, I guarantee I'm preaching to someone. They've been wanting to go out to Gospel of Faith Church. But every time they get ready to go, the devil comes and says, they don't want you in that church. Oh, that's a gossipy church. You don't want to go to that church. It's a bad church. And you don't go. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get your Bible out and turn to, to James 4, 7. And do exactly what it says every Sunday morning. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then get in your vehicle and drive out to Gospel of Faith Church. Cross them railroad ties or the railroad tracks. Turn at that gate. Go on in and park. And enter those, those double doors and be filled. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just res resist him. You tell him, no, devil. You tell him, I'm not listening to you. You're not guiding my life. Uh, Jesus is guiding my life. And then tell him to shut up. Just tell that devil to shut up. 
like my Aunt Vi. My Aunt Viola, she used to, to throw open her front door. She lives in a mobile home. And in her loudest voice, she would yell, Debo, I rebuke you. Leave my house. Get thee hence. I resist thee. And she would take her broom and she would sweep him from her stoop and close the front door. And then she would always just say, Whew, in the name of Jesus, bless my house. What's the Bible say will happen when you do this? It says the devil will flee from us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody lift your hands to heaven and shout amen today. Praise Jesus. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know that when we invoke the name of Jesus, uh, the devil, that, that <laughs> if you invoke the name of Jesus against the devil, we are calling all of heaven to our side. All the angels and the legions of angels are coming to your side. Look what happened in when Peter called the name of Jesus over a young woman who was demon-possessed in Acts chapter 16, verse 18. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and he said to the spirit, I command thee. Who? Hallelujah. Did you hear that? He said, I command thee in the name of Jesus uh, to come out of her. And it came out that same hour. You see, church, we have a secret weapon. We have a secret weapon in this thing called the battle of the soul. And it's called the name of Jesus. And it works. Over and over and over again, people used it in the New Testament church. And over and over again, people were healed and delivered and set free and saved because they did it in the name of Jesus. If you read in the book of Acts, it is completely full of people being saved, healed, delivered, all because people learned to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know? What to do when you simply call on the name of Jesus? You shut the devil up. You shut the devil out. You stop him in his tracks. All his cunningness, all his craftiness, all his deceit, all his lies can no longer work when we say, when we say leave me alone in the name of Jesus. Now you may have to tell him, this a few times because he'll come back and he'll keep coming back until you get that down pat. He waits. Remember the Bible says that that Satan went up that ladder to and fro, fro from heaven. See, he, he waits. He waits for an opportunity to strike at us. It's no wonder the writer of the book of Genesis describes him as a serpent. He's like a snake in the grass. That is slithering around on his belly, hoping for the and waiting for someone unexpected 
person to come along. And just when you're not expecting it, he shoots out up uh, under his rock and he lies under the, uh, and then he sinks his fangs of deceit into the flesh of your heart. So let me ask you something today. How many of you listening to this broadcast have heard the devil tell you that God doesn't really love you? How many of you listening to this broadcast have heard him say that God does not care about you? How many of you listening to this broadcast have heard him say that you're not good enough to go to a church and be forgiven by God? How many of you listening to this broadcast today have heard him say there's no use in trying to live for God because you're not good enough? How many of you struggle with depression, anxiety, wrestle with worry? How many of you have been beat down with fear? Do you know what all of these things are telling me? All of these things are Satan's attempt to get you to believe that God does not care about you. It's him, the devil, saying God does not love us. It's him messing with your mind. It's him trying to get into your head. <coughs> but we need, listen, we need to learn to tell the devil no. Say it with me, no. Remember, resist the devil and he will flee. <coughs> Someone out there listening to this broadcast, you need to you need to learn to say, shut up, devil. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, there is a battle going on for the world's souls today. And there's a battle here in America for the very soul of America. And the only way Satan can win is if you don't listen to what God says, but you choose to listen what the devil says. And what the devil is saying is this. He's telling you, don't listen to what God's word says. Satan says, don't believe what the preacher is saying. The Bible doesn't really say that. That's not what God said. But I want you to understand something right now. Right now, you can look up every scripture and read it for yourselves. Your soul depends on it. Understand this. You will never win the battle or win the battle for your mind with, with the devil. He's been at it for thousands of years. He's got more questions than you will ever have answers for. He's tripped up more people than you could ever count. And I've seen him trip up some people that I never thought he could ever get. He's crafty. He's slick. He's a master at what he does. But that does not mean that he has to win in your life. You don't have to let him destroy you. When he starts getting into your head, tell him no. Tell him I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And then say, like my Aunt Vi, devil, 
<laughs> I like it the way she did it. Devil, in the name of Jesus, get thee hence. That's what you do. Rebuke him, and he must flee. I tell you, I woke up about 11, 11 or 12 last Wednesday evening. I was so tired and wanted to go to sleep. But something was wrong. I lay there for the next two, three hours trying to go back to sleep. Then I realized that there was a battle going on for someone somewhere. Somewhere in the church. So I got out of bed and I began to pray. And God began to laying some of you on my heart. Now, many of you are on this broadcast. I don't know. I've never met, never seen. But I realize there's a battle going on for some people that listen to this broadcast. Like I said, God began laying some of you on my heart. And I began to, to call out the name of Jesus over you. I prayed for God to strengthen you and to, to build you up spiritually. I could feel the attack on some of your homes and relationships, some of your cities. I could feel the attack on a lot of young couples and a lot of young people, especially, and realized that the devil was trying to destroy relationships with God and relationship with Gospel of Faith Church. And I think... I, I thought to myself, somebody needs to tell the devil to back off. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And there's those of you that are listening to the sound of my voice that needs to say to the devil right now, devil, you're not going to get my kids. You're not going to get maybe your husband or your, your wife. You're not going to destroy my relationship with the church. Or with God. And you need to shout it out. In Jesus name. Leave me alone. In Jesus name. Leave my family alone. In Jesus name. Leave my church alone. We're going to believe God. We're going to study his word. To see what it really says. Devil your lies are not going to work around here no more. You're not listening. We're not listening to your deceit. Somebody needs to pray for God's help right now. And then I I thought to myself, and God took me to 1 Peter chapter 4. And he showed me, he showed me scripture. Now the Spirit speaks expressly. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil. Now, we've been talking about this. And this is what God showed me, that if you don't know how to get rid of the devil, if you can't resist the devil, if you can't learn to rebuke the devil, Now the Spirit speaks, I'm in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed 
to seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil, speaking lies in hypocrisy, uh, their conscience being seared with that hot iron. Second Timothy chapter 3, 1, 2, 4, 5, and 7. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for mankind. I'm going to paraphrase it. Shall be lovers of their own selves, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Verse 4, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From, listen to what the word of God says, from such turn away, ever learning, yet never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. God showed me that there would be record flooding. There would be hurricanes and tornadoes everywhere. Record heat. First John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For God is love. And everyone who love is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In fact, did you ever consider this, that if you, if you look at the life of Job, it wasn't God that afflicted and wanted to destroy Job. It was the devil. Amen? I came and I combined this message to tell you this morning that our God is God of hope. I want to talk to you this morning about Bible prophecy along with how to rebuke the devil. But I wanted to throw in this Bible prophecy or end times where there's hurricanes and floods, people dying of heat stroke around the world. I'm trying to get across to you today that even if you were to live to 100 years old, according to the Bible, 100 years is just like a, a blade of grass in a field. Here today and gone tomorrow. We must get to a point in our lives where we look at and consider eternity. We've got to be like some of those Old Testament saints like Abraham, of whom it is said he waited for a city which was has the foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And speaking of Old Testament saints, Hebrews 11, 16, but now they desire a better, that is, heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. I'm preaching this morning to remind you that just like those poor people that are being affected by, by, by hurricanes and floods and tornadoes and life too, your, your, your life can change too. It can change in a heartbeat. Your life can change in a blink of an eye. 
And when it does, when it does, what will your relationship with Jesus Christ be like? What shall the end be for you, my friends? When that day comes that you stand before him, will your life be one that was close to God? Will you have that personal relationship with him? A life that had the peace of God and that was prepared to meet God? Will they be able to say of you what they said of Abraham, that you were a friend of God? Or if you stood before God today, would you be caught unprepared? Unprepared. You've been offered this great salvation. If you have learned truly how to rebuke the devil, how to tell the devil no, and you've made that first step back to God, you've been offered this great salvation before, but you had the attitude, I can't wait. I'll have plenty of time to turn my life over to God later. The fact is, you may not have time later to turn to the Lord. The Bible says today, today is the day of salvation. Say it with me. Today is the day of salvation. Let's say it again. Today is the day of salvation. What shall the end be? What shall the end be? I'm here today to tell you of a God that is full of mercy, a God that is full of compassion. Psalms 136 is one of my all-time favorites because over and over it simply says, for his mercy, his mercy endures forever. Praise God's wonderful name. Hallelujah. The word of God says that he came to bind of the brokenhearted to set the captives free, hallelujah, that he came to, to comfort those that mourn, that he came to open the prison of those that are bound. What has you bound today? Is it wounds from the past? Are you struggling to live for God? You may be in a prison of depression or oppression. You may be in a prison of loneliness and despair. You may be bound by prison doors of drugs or alcohol or immorality. But I'm telling you that whatever has you bound today, Jesus Christ is your answer. And Jesus Christ, hallelujah, will set you free. For those that are free are free indeed. I would say to you, what shall be the end for you? If you have learned to rebuke the devil and you have learned and you have battled for your soul and you found your way back to God, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, 
today and you need Jesus Christ today. His mercy and His love are here right now. And right now they're being extended to you. I wonder, would you be willing to admit your need today? Would you be willing to ask Jesus to come into your life? Would you be willing to repent and call on the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation? Would you be willing to turn your life over to Jesus? Would you be willing to let him be the Lord of your life? If so, I ask you to bow your head right where you are and say this prayer with me now. Father, go ahead, just say it out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins. Lord, I am a sinner and I've sinned against you and I've sinned against others. But today, I ask you to come into my life and be that Lord, be that Savior. I ask you, Lord God, to help me lead my life. I ask you, Lord, to change me, guide me, direct me, send the Holy Spirit to direct my life. Forgive me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer with sincere faith, I truly invite you to seek out a Bible-believing church. If you're in the Ash Fork area, Williams, Seligman, head down Highway 89 to Bullock Road, come on out to Gospel of Faith Church. Just Google it, Gospel of Faith Church. Sunday services start at 11 o'clock. Just come on, wonderful people, great Christian people. Come visit with us, find Jesus, <coughs> ask them to baptize you for the remission of your sins. And then just stay in church and learn and learn and learn. And remember, when that battle for your soul or your family's soul comes, you now know how to rebuke the devil. And now you know what the end times will bring. With that, may I say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you until he brings us back once again. God bless. We love you in the Lord. Have a great Sabbath. <laughs>